0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Cross Bucket Podcast. If y'all thought the only big sports news today was going to be early National Signing Day, y'all are completely wrong because about 10.30 this morning, we get a report from Scott Soschnick of Sportico, um, formerly Sports Business Journal, if I'm not mistaken, that the MLL and the PLL have merged, it is now one Premier Lacrosse League, the MLL is now under the control of the MLL, essentially, they merged together, and we have one league again, it's, it it, it is, it's been something that's talked, that's been talked about since the PLL was announced, uh, since all those guys left, It's been something that has been in the back of every lacrosse fan's mind. Um, It's something that was reported by the Capital Gazette uh, in Annapolis back in July, I believe it was, that there was talks of a uh, merger kind of behind the scenes, um, obviously with the way the seasons ended up going, and everything that's happened since then in terms of with the Uh, pandemic and all of that and the financial hits that both leagues took from that. Um, I think for a lot of people including myself those reports of possible and all that chatter of a possible merger was kind of put on the back burner and a lot of people didn't pay as much attention to it as maybe they should have. Um, I know like personally after this season and the way that the seasons ended up going, you know, I, I kind of thought to myself. Before everything happened this year that, you know, there might be a merger like we might see summer 2021 one league, but then once all this hit with uh, and how they had to change the schedules and everything, you know, my mindset kind of went to, okay. I can see the MLL wanting to try and do this on their own again in 2021. 2022 might be the year that we see one league. Um, But that happens sooner than myself and a lot of others expected. As uh, sitting here December 16th, Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. Just over... Two years, uh, just over two years and two months from the PLL's announcement, uh, official formal announcement, they have put out another announcement that the major league Lacrosse MLL and the PLL have merged into one league uh, and they will be under the umbrella of the MLL. Now, Before I get to my thoughts, and I'll give my thoughts at the end here, but first of all, what does this mean? And I've gotten a lot of questions about is this even a merger because of how it's being done? Um, So I'll say this. Yes, it is a merger. They have a transition team in place um, that will oversee the transition of front office staff and things of that nature from the MLL, uh, from the team side and the league side into the PLL. So they have a transition team that over, is overseeing that. So this is a merger. They're merging two leagues together. Now, what I do understand people questioning, is this an actual merger, is the fact that the Boston Cannons, who are, will be rebranded as Canons Lacrosse Club, are the only MLL team that will be moving to the PLL as an expansion franchise this year. So the Cannons are coming in as the eighth team in 2021. There'll be eight teams, which I think works. And you always kind of knew that the PLL was going to go with eight. It was going to eventually expand again. Um, we saw them expand after the first year. They're expanding again now, obviously, Bringing in, bringing in the cannons from the MLL, um, and it won't be the same roster. Um, they will have a expansion draft to fill out the cannons roster. Um, so we'll see all that take place, uh, and I think that's going to take place in twenty twenty one. So like next next month, maybe February, whatever. Um, they will is one that will will take place. Um, that expansion draft, uh, because it did say will take place in 2021. Uh, So we'll see what happens there, who gets over. Um, I think I know who the first pick will be. And I think all y'all know who the first pick will be too. One, Lyle Thompson. Uh, That'll be fun to see him in the PLL rules. Um, Kind of back to what this means, though. So the Canons are coming in. And obviously, mentioned the expansion draft that will happen. Um, so, what happens to the Chesapeake Bayhawks, the Connecticut Hammerheads, the Denver Outlaws, and the Philadelphia Barrage? What happens to those teams? Well, and the New York Wizards. Um, what happens to those teams is the PLL has obtained the rights for. Those teams. Um, the rights, meaning the name and branding, like all of that stuff. They now own the rights to those teams to that branding. And in the PLL release, it says, and this is a you know, verbatim here PLL owns, has obtained the rights to the other six MLL teams for future. Expansion considerations. So, I do expect the other teams to come in. Um, the Outlaws, the Bayhawks have a you know, good fan base, good following. The reason I think the Cannons came in... Um, so, the MLL... The, so, the Cannons owner... Essentially was running the whole league from a financial standpoint last year. Like, he was under one ownership last year, and he was the dude that was basically cutting the checks, if that makes sense. Because the Chesapeake, they backed out. Denver sold. um, Of course, with the... uh, What was his name? The owner passed away. um, And the family sold it. Uh, The Rattlers, obviously... Uh, Died and they moved to Connecticut Um, The barrage moved from Atlanta to Philadelphia Um, They tried to do this whole like Northeast type thing with Denver out on the west coast whatever uh, Western half of the country Um, Try to do all that like Realignment whatever you want to call it Uh, New York was staying in New York. I think I think the Lizard's owner was still involved with money on that side as well, uh, along with Boston. And so that's kind of why I think Boston comes over. Uh, There's also the fact that the Canons are the team that drafted Paul Abel. Um, And so I've had some people mention that to me before Uh, earlier today. uh, Yes, I am aware of that. Um, do I think that has anything to do with why they are the one team that's coming over right now? I, I, I really don't know. I don't actually care um, because it doesn't matter which team comes over. Um, it's, you know, they're going to be some uh, a good roster put together. Um So that's kind of what it means. So obviously, Cannon's coming over. uh, No MLL. There's one PLL. The Cannon's come over this year and expect some teams to come over in the future. I would expect Chesapeake and Denver to be the next two. Um, Barrage and Hammerheads and Lizards. I I don't know. Would the PLL... And the PLL did say that they're going to try to kind of retain some of the history from these teams to kind of connect with that MLL market and that the PLL schedule actually in 2021 will be in multiple MLL markets Uh, so that's good to hear that they're gonna try to keep that fan base keep the history alive uh, with those with those I guess to be called clubs now uh, with those clubs uh, lacrosse clubs so we'll see how things no pan out I think it's a good move. I think it's the biggest move in pro lacrosse in the past decade. Um, certainly, you know, probably second to the PLL being announced, but it's it's the biggest move in the past decade um, in, in pro lacrosse. We have one league under one umbrella, under one TV deal. I mean, this is what we've wanted. This is what lacrosse has needed, um, you know. The MLL they certainly laid the groundwork for pro field lacrosse, and no, they did it for twenty years, and you've got to be grateful for that. But you know, you still have to recognize that uh, Paul and Mike uh, Label and the guys of the PLL have done a much better job in a shorter period of time um, than the MLL has ever done. And fan engagement and making it feel like a professional game. Um, not like some men's league, glorified men's league that you go see on the weekend. Um, where half the guys care and half the guys don't really care. They're just there to have fun with their buddies. Um, that's the field that MLL had for so many years. I think they took some steps forward in the past few seasons, but whew, if uh, you remember the how things ended uh, and the whole bubble experience this year was, uh, it was problematic. Um, and you know, I, I had actually because of what happened, um, I'd actually planned to not cover the MLL at all this coming season. Um, due to how things were mishandled um, on multiple fronts uh, down there in, in the bubble in Annapolis. It was a, an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, it ended up being a dumpster fire. Um, it, it was a complete disgrace, um, the way things were handled. Certainly there was a, a, a very, very good um, portion of it. There was a very good section of it. Um, the games were great. The players are awesome. But the way things were handled, um, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I don't think everybody knows or probably should know um, went down um, all week. And then obviously you had the COVID outbreak within the bubble, um, which ask me how it's a bubble when it Gets popped. Um, I don't know, uh, but they—it was just a, an absolute mess. I think, um, and and it, you know, it, it's sad that they ended on, ended on that note. Uh, but and the, again, the games were great and everything, um, and all great players. But it is sad that they ended on such a shameful note. Um, I know many people who, after that debacle, you know, that had been. MLL supporters that were like look I'm done. I'm not watching this league anymore um, I'm going straight PLL um, you know, love the players. i watch Lyle Thompson when he's playing but I'm not watching this. It's it's pathetic um, I, I can't support this uh, well now Everyone can support one league. I think it's better than one place again one TV deal it's professional from top to bottom they don't cut corners so we'll see how things work out and again I'm interested to see how fast uh, the expansion happens because look and getting to my thoughts here on kind of what's next for for pro field is like this is gonna be the most like I like this college season is going to be the best college season that we've ever seen, like hands down. This pro summer season is going to be the most competitive uh, season we've ever seen. This off season is going to be the most competitive season that we've ever seen. You have all the players, the best players in the world, in one league that is run professionally from top to bottom. Where the players, you no, know, no, they're not making you no know, million dollar deals. But most of these guys are lacrosse first, in a sense. You have guys that um, have other jobs still, but most, the majority of the guys that you see on the you know PLL top fifty list that was just released. Um, last week, and, and all that. Those are full-time, essentially, lacrosse players, um, whether they're coaching or you know, whatever. You don't have any of this gimmicky, you know, uh, I, you know I guess gimmicky is not the, not the right word to use it, Well, you don't have, you know, you know Billy you know, played at Princeton as a you know, hedge fund manager in, uh, on the stock exchange or whatever. I don't even know what the heck that is. Um, no, on on Wall Street or whatever, and then suits up for his you no know, uh pro his pro lacrosse team on the weekends like like we don't have that anymore. Lacrosse is professionalizing uh, the POL, uh, la- the labels. I mean, they've done a fantastic job. I've mentioned before earlier in the podcast, like they've done a fantastic job of further professionalizing lacrosse. And I was talking to someone today about this, and I was like, look, like, the PLL didn't just raise the ceiling for field. The ceiling has been raised for the NLL as well. The NLL is the most successful, longest-standing professional league we have in this game. They are fantastic in what they've done and what they do. But the PLL is above them even, and that's raised the NLL bar um, for what we expect for them and their stuff, you know, from a content perspective and from what they, what, from how things are running. Nick Sakevich, you know, he's one of the best commissioners in professional sports, um, in my opinion, for what he's done with the NLL, how strategic he's been in doing business uh, in, in that role. And obviously, he has that MLS background and was part of the MLS's boom. Um, and now he's part of the NLL's, I don't want to call it a boom, but the, the growth. and I, the PLL has you no know, it's pushed them farther. It's pushed them harder. Um, and you know having a united, a united front on the field side and a united front on the box side that is both um, effective and professional is the best thing for professional across across the board. Um, it's it's the best thing. Now, you know, I mentioned this, all these good things that have happened because of this merger and what the PLL's done for the pro game, box and field. I think, but and, and there's a lot of positives. But the, the the one thing that people and I've gotten this a lot today is some of the negatives. And I will say this, I don't think there would be as many negatives if we weren't in the middle of a, like, pandemic. I think if everything was normal, there would be more teams joining in this first year of a unified field front. I don't think, I'm not sure how big of an impact the COVID situation has or has had on these two te- on these two leagues coming together as one, and I don't know how big of an impact that it's had on how many teams the P.L. has decided to take from the MLL in U. One, but you have to consider that fact, and you have to think that it's 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 a significant factor due to the financial losses that both leagues have had, um, the financial strain I should say that both leagues have had. Uh, Due to the pandemic in terms of how those seasons played out With that said There's gonna be a lot of really good players that don't have a spot to play this summer When you look at a guy like uh, John up Who had an unbelievable game in the MLL title game is he gonna get a spot on? the cannons roster this year he was on the roster last year in the MLL is, is a guy like him going to get a spot? You know, um, there's so many guys that, you know, were able to shine in the MLL that I, I'm i not sure right now are going to be able to shine in the PLL. Um, at least this year. And that's unfortunate, and that's that, that that's a downside. Certainly it is. Um, but as I mentioned, like, this is going to be competitive. I've already seen guys on Twitter like, yo, I'm, I'm getting in the gym right now. You know, we're, we're working after it. We're going hard. Um, I'm making a roster spot. Like, and, 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 and that's, I, I love seeing that, that competitiveness coming out in pro Cross like we've never seen before. Uh, it's certainly something that is going to better the product, but a lot of these guys just aren't gonna make it. Like and that's just a fact. And you no know, upgrade that's just one guy that I used as an example. You he played D three at Tufts, got an opportunity with the cannons and has made the best of it. Um, but there's so many guys like that that I'm just not sure if they're gonna be able to, you know, make that jump uh, to the P O L and if, if if they're gonna in you, one, I think Certainly, over the next few seasons, we will see more guys come in and have success, but and make roster spots. But I mean, I, I don't, I just don't know how many guys are like Lyle Thompson, absolutely. Um, Mark Matthews, absolutely. Is Bryce Wasserman gonna make a roster spot? I, I don't know. Um, Ryan Lee, I, I would put as a borderline guy. You no, know, Dylan Malloy, you no. Know, I, I don't know. Randy Stotts, absolutely. Randy Stotts is absolutely gonna get a roster spot. Will Sands? I mean that's just that's just offensive guys. I mean you look at the goalies that you have, um that, that played last year. I mean, who knows who makes it, right? Chris Madelon. Uh, from Philadelphia, Brian Phipps in Chesapeake, like Sean Scannone um, for Connecticut. You know, he was a rookie last year. You know, I, I don't know, like, which, how many of these guys are gonna make it and gonna really make it, are gonna make a, a roster spot, not only just as like a practice guy and get lost in that seemingly like ever growing, um, player pool, you know, I mean, at the face-off dot, um, you know, a guy like Noah Rack, who was a, uh, I think he was a lucky second-year guy last year for Connecticut, um, you know, Kevin Reisman, uh, Alex Wardall, I think, will probably make it, Max Adler would probably make it, um, but, I mean, you just don't know about these other guys, like, is a defenseman like Warren Jeffrey going to make it? um Ben Randall, Tom Rigney, like you no know, we, we we just don't know. And there's so many guys that I think are really, really good players that deserve a spot on a pro team, deserve to get paid for their services. They couldn't get paid in college and no no it's not millions of dollars. But they need their money. They're deserved they, you know, they are, they are, they, they, they need to be paid. They've earned their due. They've earned to get money for the work they've put in from the time they were in youth lacrosse through college to now. Like, they are, they deserve a payment. They deserve a check. And they deserve a check for However many years, one, two, three, five years, however many years they're in the league, however many years they are able to stay at that level. Those guys that deserve a check that are not going to get a check this year. And that is the downside of this whole thing. Now, I, I do. And someone asked me this. They said, no. Do you see any guys retiring because of this? I mean, I think, yeah, possibly some of the older guys that stuck with the MLL, um, you know, were we're loyal to them, whatever, I think could. But I I, I, I couldn't tell you who. I couldn't tell you when. I couldn't tell you why. You know, Um, some guys might have been on the verge of retiring already. Um, you know John Grant jr i think it was reported that he was going to retire but i have not seen anything from him uh never saw anything from the outlaws last year saying that John Grant jr has retired um so we'll see what he does i would like to see him play one year in the PLL, but you know we'll we'll see what happens um a lot, lot lot to go over lot to uh a lot that is yet to be seen that's going to do it for uh, this edition of the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Obviously a quick one, a shorter one uh, than usual, uh, but one that, you know, emergency one uh, that had to be done as the PLL and the MLL have merged. As always, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can subscribe and listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on multiple platforms. Podcast platforms, uh, app, on Apple Podcast and uh, with the iPhone and all that. Uh, five star reviews on there. Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google uh, Podcast, I believe it's called now. Um, all of the many other ones that I honestly didn't know existed um, until I was told that we were on there. So uh, we're on. We're everywhere, we're worldwide. And again, I'll you know, drop this tidbit uh, you know, mailbag episode on Sunday. Uh, remember, Sunday's episode, this Sunday, will be an extended one because of the tef- tec- uh, technical difficulties last week. Um, so we'll have double mailbag this Sunday. And you can send those in via Twitter, at lacrossebucket, at Tanner underscore demoing is my personal one. Instagram, Facebook, at lacrossebucket. Email is contact at lacrossebucket.com. The website is lacrossebucket.com. Well, it's always lacrosse season, biggest day in lacrosse of the 2020 calendar year. I'm excited. I know y'all excited. It's going to be a fun future for pro lacrosse. Again, thank y'all for listening. We'll see y'all. Tomorrow with our America East Conference Early Preview Show. ACC1 came out on Tuesday. You can go check that out. America East coming up tomorrow, and I will see y'all then.